0: Welcome to His Word Heals. You can also visit us online at www.hiswordheals.com. Today's message is part one of an interview that we did with a sister in Messiah from Greece. Her name is Maria Nicolaity and she produces some very interesting content on her bit shoot video channel called Free Float. The name of her interview as posted on BitChute is The Zedekite Priesthood, The Dead Sea Scrolls, and The New Age. You can find the link to her channel where you can listen to this entire interview in our comments below. You can also listen to this entire interview on our website at Don't You have a channel, His Word uh, Heals. Correct,
1: which I found by accident, but um maybe it was not an accident after all. Um, I I watched them, um, and you also have um um I'm sorry a, a website because your videos your videos and podcast I watched them on your website, not not on uh, on YouTube. Um, but anyhow, um, I think it's high time that um we talked about um this growing movement um about the. Um, Zadokai, Zadokai priesthood and the Dead Sea Scrolls and people are moving fastly towards um, this uh, type of, I don't know how to tell, writings. Um, Yeah, I guess the the writings. And you have done an extensive research, research that I couldn't find anywhere else. And I would like you to present that research also here. Uh, Please, would you... Would you uh present yourself first? Tell us who you are and how you came about this type of information and your channel, your uh, website. I'm sorry.
0: Well, hello, Maria. I appreciate your inviting me to uh, join with you in this discussion today because I do think it is very important and that it may be leading many people astray. My name is Dawn, and my husband and I have a personal private ministry called His Word Heals, and we started it years and years ago, and it can be found on. Heber Nation Radio, and we used to be on um, another Messianic website as well. Um, we have a YouTube channel, but it only has some of our messages on yeah. there. But um, yeah. our website is www.hiswordheals.com.
1: Great. I will have the links for um, both your YouTube channel and your uh, website on the description when I upload this on my channel. So, all right, uh, Don, can you... Uh, Tell me how you came about this um, information that you were going to discuss um, today.
0: Well, I was familiar, we were familiar with uh, different calendars and that type of thing. And when we came to the knowledge of Torah or Hebrew roots or first century Christianity or whatever you want to call it years ago, approximately around 2010, um, of course, it was easy to figure out how and when to do the feast days and such, because the Jews have been doing it for 2000 years. You know, they are blinded to who Yeshua Messiah is. And I believe that that blindness is going to come off, but they have kept the feasts and the biblical calendar for 2000 years. And so when we um, transitioned from the pagan, basically Christian Holy days to the biblical days, we were able to find the biblical calendar and begin to study Torah without having to worry is this calendar correct? Is this day correct or whatever? You know, we just went with that, what the Jews had been doing for a long time, knowing that the Jews still don't recognize our Messiah, but they have been keeping these feasts. Well, Um recently, we became aware of this movement, as you talk about, of discarding the traditional, which of course, I'm sure that it does have different issues, maybe, but discarding the whole thing for all of these other calendars, and there are many of them. And I am so glad that this was not a big thing when we came out, because I can't even imagine people looking to the feasts now and saying, oh, but when should we do it? This calendar, this calendar. I mean, it's so much confusion and division. And then Mm -hmm. um, recently, you know, I never wanted, we never wanted to really look into it because we knew what we were doing was right. And so we thought, you know what, let's not cause any further division. Let's just do what we're doing and encourage others and just let others know what we're doing. But recently some major uh, teachers of Hebrew roots or Torah, or again, whatever you want to call it, have come out either endorsing the Zadokite calendar, so called Zadokite calendar, or the covenant calendar. And so we just felt that it was time that Father was nudging us for several different reasons. And you can listen to the audio and we explain those. I won't go into them here. That it was time for us to research this and see if indeed we were right in doing what we've been doing, or if we should change and Um, so that's where this whole study started. And we just trusted the father to lead us down a rabbit trail of clues with the weight being placed on scripture rather than on extra biblical texts.
1: Yeah, exactly. So my primary question is on uh, the Zadokai priesthood and who were they? Uh, Did they really live in Qumran? Uh, did they um start this um the zadukite calendar as uh, people are calling it uh today the calendar that was founded with uh, the dead sea scrolls and um uh, i understand that um studying the calendar is what um started you on this path but you have discovered a lot of information a lot of important information about um the zadokite priesthood so can can we can we start from there um who were the Zadokite priests? I mean, where does it start? Why are we calling it the Zadokite priesthood and not the
0: Levites? Okay, and, that's, I mean, that's a great that. question. Yeah, That mm-hmm. is a great place to start. So if you go to Numbers chapter 25, we're all familiar with the story of um, the children of Israel in the wilderness beginning to worship Beelpeor. And... Baal Peor uh, has a lot to do with sexual immorality and fornication, and so there was an Israelite who brought a uh, pagan woman to the tabernacle, and they were uh, doing the unthinkable right there in front of everybody, and so uh, Numbers 25 10, oh no, let me back up just a little bit, Um, Numbers 25, okay, so Phinehas or Phineas, Phineas, the son of Eleazar, mm-hmm. the son of Aaron, the priest saw this act that these two were doing. And he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into his tent, into the tent, but anyway, and thrust both of them through. And so he put an end to this bell worship. And Numbers 25, 10 says, and Yahweh spoke unto Moses saying, Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest has turned away my wrath from the children of Israel while he was zealous for my sake among them that I consumed not the children of Israel in my jealousy. So he saved the children of Israel because they were about to be destroyed for these acts. And he said, wherefore? Mm-hmm. Say, behold, I give unto him my covenant of peace, and he shall have it in his seed after him, even the covenant of an everlasting priesthood. And then during David and Solomon, uh, it was the Zadokite line of priests, a descendant of Zadok. It was yeah, Zadok, who was a descendant of Phineas, that stuck with Mm -hmm. King David and his choice of Solomon when... um, The other priesthood members of the other lines from Aaron uh, went with one of the brothers of Solomon who was not the choice for king. And so anyway, that's where the authority for the Zadokite priests come in. And so that is what um, some teachers are pointing to, that the Zadokite priests are the ones that should have the say over the calendar, the authority of the calendar, because they have an everlasting priesthood. And so some of the scrolls it found in the caves at Qumran, which there are 11 caves and they're scattered along the Qumran bluffs. Um, some of them are, you know, two kilometers from Qumran, but they call themselves some of the extra biblical texts, the writers of them call themselves sons of Zadok. And so they are the self-proclaimed okay. sons of Zadok. Go yeah, ahead.
1: The self-identifying as um... Descendants of uh, Zadok.
0: Correct. Mm-hmm. And so they very may well be um, sons of Zadok, but that doesn't mean that they have authority over the calendar necessarily. And it also doesn't mean that they are the rightful high priests. And so the sons of Zadok is where the line of the high priests come from. Um, the line of priests can come from anyone um, descended from Aaron but they say that the high priests should be the sons of Zadok. And so what I did find in studying the lineage of Zadok, you can follow the lineage of Zadok in scripture to two brothers. And it's also testified about and expanded on the explanation in Josephus. And I don't have, unfortunately, in front of me the scripture, but it talks about um, an apostate brother to the high priest his name was manessa and the high priest in jerusalem after the, the during the time of nehemiah now if we're familiar with nehemiah was told or it, during ezra and nehemiah's time they told the priests to divorce their pagan wives because they had been marrying yes. pagan wives and the northern kingdom had already been destroyed and they brought in outsiders into the Northern kingdom. And you can read all about that in scripture and the King of Assyria who destroyed the Northern kingdom, put someone named sandalet over the Northern kingdom as governor. And he gave his daughter to Manasseh, the brother of the high priest in Jerusalem as a wife. And so then when he was told Manasseh was told to divorce his wife or leave the priesthood in Jerusalem he talked with Sambolet and Sambolet said, oh, don't leave the priesthood, I will give you the priesthood of the northern kingdom, or of Samaria, it's not the northern kingdom anymore, but it's, it's the area of the northern kingdom, and there were still some Israelites there, but a lot of foreigners were brought in, and we know the story about, um, there started being curses on the people that were living there and they thought it was because they weren't serving the god of the land and so they had the king of Assyria bring back priests that had been exiled to teach them how to worship Yahweh and so they started mixing the worship of Yahweh with the worship of their gods that they brought in from the foreign lands and so this is Sambalet who's head over this and so he promised Manasseh the high priesthood of Samaria and then ultimately got permission from alexander the great once alexander the great conquered the assyrian king got permission to build a temple on mount gerizim and that's the temple of samaria uh, that this manessa who was a descendant of zadok so he could certainly he and his descendants could be called sons of zadok they were he was the high priest in samaria on mount gerizim in that temple and so i'm sure he took scrolls and everything with him and i'm not saying that's who these people are but they definitely the the inhabitants of qumran could have been influenced by these people i mean we just don't know who wrote the scrolls we don't have enough information of who lived there and these scrolls are spread out for you know a a couple hundred years time period some are newer and some are older And so that's just one possibility that some of the extra biblical writings could have been influenced by this line of Zadok priests that were actually Samaritan priests, and they were descendants from Zadok. Also, during the Hasmonean period, there was a priest or ruler in Jerusalem named John Hercanus. And he actually went up and destroyed the temple on Mount Gerizim. So I could certainly see there would be, you know, if some of the um, inhabitants of Qumran or writers of these scrolls were from the Samaritans, how there could be animosity against the Hasmonean dynasty. And of course, we understand that the Hasmonean dynasty didn't do everything right. But, um, you know, and they did things wrong as well. However, what we're basing our decision to stay with scripture on, and a lot of these extra biblical books in Qumran that are mixed in with um, actually biblical books can lead people astray. I mean, some of them do contradict scripture. And so are we supposed to, when they contradict, are we supposed to stay with what? Our Heavenly Father, our Creator, Yahweh, has given us and and preserved for us out in the open for 2,000 years, or should we throw out what we've been given and go instead with what are in these scrolls that we really don't know who wrote them, who preserved them, where they came from? I mean, there's a lot of theories, and I think one really good theory also is that many of the scrolls came from the temple library, Because um, we know that there were a lot of priests after Yeshua's time that did believe in Yeshua. We're told in scripture that there were some that believed. And so they would have known the admonition in, you know, from the apostles that when you see Jerusalem surrounded, um, flee, flee, flee to the wilderness. Well, the wilderness of Judea is where Qumran is. And so did they take the scrolls and hide them there or have they been hid there? over the millennia is was that a place for hiding them and if it is some of it's the temple library i've got a lot of books in my library that discuss extra biblical things that are not scripture and that tell us why you know what others believe but that doesn't mean that we're supposed to believe them and so could some of the temple scrolls been keeping track of all of these apostate Jewish believers and what they believed and that kind of thing. And so once you dig into this, there's also a section in the Dead Sea Scrolls. There's a scroll that talks about astrology and um, lots of things that we wouldn't want to mix with scripture. So it's just really dangerous, I think, if we get off in the weeds and start setting what's found in these caves above what he has preserved for us over 2000 years. Um, And I just think that we need to really be careful.
1: Well, I'm I'm sure you know the um, the counter argument to that <clears throat> about the uh, the canon that uh, we have today. Well, different churches um, have uh, different canons, but uh, anyhow, um, the the counter argument is that uh, we before. Oh, I don't remember the date, but it was um, definitely um, hundreds of years after uh, Yahusha uh, lived that. Uh, Scriptures were canonized, and um, people of the church decided which book stays and which book um, is not uh, part of scri- uh, scriptures, not part of the canon. So they say, I've heard many people say uh, that the Jews did not have a a canon per se. They had scrolls, and that uh, Dead Sea scrolls were part of uh, the canon. We don't. It, and if not, if we if we're not 100% certain of that, uh, at least we don't know which um, um, books which um, they considered divine and which they didn't. So, for example, we don't know for sure that um, the book of Enoch was not considered scriptures for the Jews before um, uh, the birth of uh, Yahusha. So that's, that's the counter argument that I've heard. So what's your response to that? My response to that is,
0: I think that all of it is very interesting reading. And as long as it doesn't contradict scripture, then we can certainly learn from it and maybe, you know, get some ideas from it and that kind of thing. But if any of them contradict scripture, either we're not understanding it correctly or it's not correct and it's been corrupted. So you can't have it both Mm -hmm. ways. You can't believe in scripture and then believe in something that contradicts scripture. And I think we're warned um, also, a lot of the New Agers, and this is in our last video, such as Madame Blavatsky yeah. and Edgar Cayce, they point, and this was before the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, uh, they point to the Essenes and a whole different Jesus and, and all kinds of ways that scripture jives with their New Age religion, which actually leads us away from Yahweh, creator of heaven and earth. And it mixes a lot of um, Eastern and Buddhism and all of that kind of stuff in with Christianity and basically creates a whole new God. But they, um, you know, a lot of people do believe that the, the Essenes were these sons of Zadok and they were the inhabitants of Qumran. Again, we don't know for sure, but those are these theories. So what do we know about the Essenes? Possibly, you know, some of their... Theology did match up with the apostles in the new Testament. I agree completely. A lot of it sounds familiar, but then so does what Blavatsky and Casey say. A lot of what they say will ring true with Christianity, but then they mix a lot of other stuff in with it that ultimately will lead you away from scripture and the ultimate truth of scripture, and maybe away from exactly who Yahweh says he is and who Yeshua said he was. And so if we read Deuteronomy chapter 13, it says, if there arise among you, a prophet or dreamer of dreams, and I would add to that, or some scrolls found in the desert and give thee a sign or a wonder. And that's what Helen Blavatsky, Edgar Cayce, um, Elizabeth Prophet, they all had signs and wonders and their visions and everything came true. I mean, a lot of it is documented that what Edgar Cayce said about people ended up being true. Well, so if he gives you a sign or a wonder, the sign or the wonder comes to pass, whereof he spoke unto you saying, let us go after other gods. If what they're saying ultimately leads you after a different God or the mixing of different teachings from other gods with the teachings of our God that you have not known and say, let us serve them. You shall not hearken to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams or those scrolls, in my opinion, for Yahweh your Elohim proves you to know whether you love Yahweh your Elohim with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after Yahweh your Elohim and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and you shall serve him and cleave to him. And so he does test us by allowing these things to come forward to see if we're going to say oh well that sounds really good maybe we should follow after astrology and because edgar casey he did astrology he did crystals he did all kinds of stuff yet he proclaimed himself to be a christian and a lot of christians were led astray in this theosophy new age type movement to where if you study what they believe about jesus it's not the the jewish messiah
1: uh, John, can you tell me again, please, um, how you make the connection with uh, the New Age movement and uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls?
0: Well, it's it's not necessarily a concrete connection. It's more, um, I cannot say the Dead Sea Scrolls, because Blavatsky and Casey were before the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. The connection mm-hmm. that I'm making is that a lot of people are putting a lot of weight on this scene. Uh, there were three thoughts three main thoughts in um, first century and prior Judaism that are outlined by people like Pliny and Josephus, that there were, you know, there were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the third one is the Essenes. So there's not a lot Mm -hmm. known about the Essenes other than what Josephus and Pliny write about them. And so a lot of people believe that this third group, possibly could have been, uh, maybe John the Baptist was an Essene, and they're saying even Jesus maybe was an Essene. Yeah, I've heard that. Right. So whether they were or weren't. the
1: first Christian with
0: Yes. So whether they were or weren't, we really don't know, because we don't know a whole lot about them. And even if they were, can the Essene movement be corrupted? Because like I said, these New Agers are pointing to the Essenes, that, and, and along with that, they say that um Jesus and his lost years went to India and Egypt to learn all of these mystery religions yeah. and that's where the Essenes you know they mix all that in with the Essenes so putting too much weight on these dead sea scrolls because they were the Essenes is dangerous because we don't know a lot about the Essenes and the new agers again are pointing to these Essenes and i just see some kind of possible apostasy there and yeshua never and that's the main thing who is our shepherd who are we to follow if we are followers of yeshua messiah did he ever contradict the the calendar that was in use at the temple or did he show up on the feast days at the temple when they were celebrating the feast at the temple, he had the podium lots of times. He could have certainly said, you guys are following the wrong calendar, but no, he even allowed himself to be crucified on the day that they at the temple were honoring as Passover. And so I don't believe that Yeshua would say, well, I'm not going to tell him about it because there's these scrolls are going to find 2000 years from now. And so they'll figure it out. You know, then I just don't see him doing that. So shouldn't we follow and do walk e- even as he walked and the ones that were have been in charge of the temple and in charge of this calendar, they were using the lunar solar calendar back then. And what that is, what the Hillel calendar is, maybe we should explain that. I'm sorry, we're all out of time, but again, please visit our website, www.hiswordheals.com to listen to the entire interview. Blessings and shalom to all of you and everyone in your home.